Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is obsessions and compulsions. And now here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hello everyone, this is Roland. The program is called Shedding Shackles. Let's begin with a call that came in on the listener call-in line. Let's see what we have. I think we have one from Matthew. Let's have a listen. Hi, my name is Matthew. I'm from Charlotte. And my question would be, how do you deal with OCD glasses thoughts? Thank you for the question, Matthew. The obsessive compulsive disorder. Well, look, how many times we've all experienced this. You're leaving the house and uh, you lock the door. You get in the car and you start driving and then you think, I forgot to lock the door. Then you go back and it was locked. And then you leave again and then later it says, are you sure it was locked? Did you did you rattle the door a little bit? Maybe it wasn't locked. And you feel a pressure to go back again, don't you? Well, see, something whispers to your mind. You didn't lock the door. A lot of kids have something like, I know I did when I was a kid. Something would say in my mind, it was like a voice. And maybe it wasn't a voice, but it was like a voice. And it would say something like, um, unless you count to 10 and hold, unless you count to 10 and turn around three times, something terrible will happen to your mother. That's right. That's what it would say, something like that. And then what would I do? Well, I would count to 10 and turn around three times. And sometimes it would come back over and over. And then all day long, I would hold my breath. Whenever I had a chance, I would turn around three times, something like that. And so, what is that that whispers to the mind? Well, whatever it is, it's like a, a trickster. And it's always trying to cast doubt. I want you to think back to the story of the Garden of Eden. And it's not a fairy tale. It's a true story. And the reason I know it's true is because the things that happened there are continuing to happen today with every person, in every family, with every couple. So, in the Garden of Eden, remember, the serpent whispered something to Eve about, about the fruit, and she said, well, we're not supposed to eat it. And then what did the serpent say? It said, did, did God really say that? Did he really say that you would die if you ate that fruit? See, he was casting doubt. So the problem was Eve listened to that. Now, at some point, we have to learn to simply dismiss it. Look, we all have these kinds of thoughts. They're always negative. They're always destructive. They're always vengeful. Or they're tormenting in some way. Thoughts that torment you. Did I really lock the door? Did I, did I turn off the lights? See... So you have to learn how to, to dismiss those thoughts. Dismiss them. Let them, just watch them and let them go away. Let them dissipate. Just watch them. They're like naughty, they're like naughty schoolboys, up to no good. And they need watching. Just watch them. But don't react to them. And See, that's the problem. We tend to react to everything. And not only that, but you think every thought that's in your mind is your own thought. Some of us know that those thoughts are not our thoughts, but we still hearken to them anyway, and they cast doubt. See, they cast doubt into your mind. 
Isn't the type of thought that did I really did I turn the lights off? Did I lock the door? And then you go back and you did lock the door, and then it says it again. You didn't lock the door. Do you see the doubt factor there? So you have to learn how to uh, dismiss those kinds of thoughts because the trickster is always there. Now I have a meditation. I'm going to talk about it later in the program. A meditation that's very helpful that helps you to stand back from thoughts. See, when you're immersed in the thought, look, if you're in a dream, if you're dreaming, you're asleep and you're dreaming, and in your dream, you're being chased by, I don't know, a tiger. And so you're running and screaming in your dream because the tiger is chasing you. But then when you wake up, you see that it was just a dream. Well, when you become immersed in your thoughts, see, when you fall into your thoughts, which is what most of us do all day long, you fall into your thoughts and you're lost in a reverie, you're lost in a daydream, you're lost in worrying, you're lost in planning for the future, you're lost in reliving the past. When you're lost in thoughts, it's something like being lost in, in a dream when you're asleep. It's something like that. Because when you're in the dream, when you're, when you're asleep at night and you're in the dream and the tiger is chasing you, well, you're subject to the dream, aren't you? So you might even wake up screaming, thinking that the tiger is chasing you. But then when you wake up, you see that it was just a dream. So when you're lost in your thoughts, down there in your thoughts, lost, thinking, worrying, what if this, and planning, and scheming, and, and fantasizing, and thinking about the past. And when you're lost down there... Then when something whispers something to your mind, then you're subject to it. Do you understand that? In the same way that you're subject to being chased by the tiger in your dream, in the same way you're subject to that which whispers something in your mind, something that you have to do, otherwise something terrible will happen. That's, that's usually how it operates. That's, that's you know, it, it, it's, not, it's really not very creative. It comes up with the same old stuff over and over. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, it whispers this and that to your mind. But you have to not be, you have to find a way not to be subject to it. Now, it's see, it's not real. It is not real. It's a figment of your imagination, if you will, but it's not your imagination. It's a figment that's operating through your imagination, and it's not real. But if you're lost down there in your thoughts, then it's like it was real. And you react to it as if it were real. Do you understand? The same way that when you're lost in sleep and there's a tiger in your dream and you scream because the tiger's chasing you, but it's not real. So, can you see that you have to wake up? When you wake up from the dream, you're no longer subject to it. So you have to wake up from those thoughts that you're now subject to. Because when you're down there, then you're subject to that which is not real see so that's what the meditation helps you to do to, to pull back to take a mental step back and see that thoughts are only thoughts that you're not the thought that you're the observer of thought that's it stand back take a mental step back you're no longer lost in thought it's it's so simple but it's so simple that it's hard because we're so used to being lost in everything we get lost in sleep and lost in food and lost in thinking and lost in our music. But when you're lost in things, you're no longer the observer. You're no longer in charge. 
You're no longer in command of what's going on. You're subject to it, just the way you're subject to your dream. So I think I've said it rather well. So my meditation is very helpful, very simple. teaches you how to step back. Stand back from thought. Take a mental step back. I always use the example of you have two people that are in an argument. They're getting all caught up in the argument, all involved in the argument, all lost in the argument, and it's escalating, and all of a sudden one of them steps back and says, Hey... It's not that important. It's no big deal. Forget it. And then they both laugh, and they're friends again. Do you understand? Stepping back. So that's what you must learn how to do. And so the meditation is very helpful in that regard. Incidentally, I, I wrote a book. It's called Mike's Story. Mike had a lot of issues. He had OCD and a lot of other issues that he dealt with. And he overcame them all. He overcame them all. And the meditation actually helped him. So I co-authored the book with Mike. It's a, it's a very, it kind of tells how Mike overcame all these issues. And so it's, it's a very nice book. It's called Mike's Story. And you can actually find it on Amazon. Yeah, you can find it on Amazon. All right, let's take a little break here, and I'll be right back. I'm a man with a microphone, so I, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person, and I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. Welcome back. We're talking about uh, OCD, Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. And I, I said that we all have a voice in the mind that plays tricks on us. It's a trickster. And we think the thought is our thought, but it's not really your thought. It's, it comes into your mind from another realm. Let's put it that way. But what is its purpose? Well, it's always trying to torment you somehow, isn't it? It torments you to do something, otherwise something terrible will happen, or it casts doubt into your mind. And it's, you know, it's always up to the same old modus operandi, trying to trick you and fool you and deceive you and make you miserable and upset you and get you to do what it wants you to do. So you have to learn to just ignore it. Just ignore it. Now, in that regard, I want to read you an email that I got um, from Esperanza. And this is another one of its typical tricks that it plays on people. And here's the email. She said, I'm scared. I'm scared I blasphemed the Holy Spirit. I lied to someone and said that someone told me that Elohim was my name and no one had told me. I thought it was my name in Hebrew. And then I found out it's God's name and I'm scared. This is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, the unforgivable sin. Is this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? I regret it and feel terrible and cry because I made that mistake. Well, my answer was, no, it's not. We've all made little mistakes like that. Forget it and move on with your life. See, it's the trickster again. For people who don't want to do wrong things, it likes to scare them with religious things. Oh, you accidentally touched, the, used the holy water, and now you're, you've committed an unforgivable sin, you spilled some holy water, or, oh, you blasphemed. That's, that's one of its typical ones. 
And so I want to set your mind at ease. And that is, it's very typical. A lot of people have something in their mind trying to convince them that they've committed the unforgivable sin. And they haven't. And what it really is, is, you know, when Christ was speaking, when Christ spoke, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And when he said things, there were some people that hated what he said. And they said terrible things about what he said and twisted what he said. You know, like some of the Pharisees? Well, you can see, since they hate what the Holy Spirit said, can you see how they're just basically full of hate and they hate God? But you're not likely to run into anybody that's inspired and if you did, you would kind of probably like what they said. You wouldn't hate it. So the next time something says, oh, you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, just dismiss it. Let it go. It's the trickster again. Just don't give it any energy. Don't react to it. Just go about your business and it'll dissipate. It might come back. You might come back and try it again. Just watch it until it goes away. have a listener call in line? You can call and leave your question 24-7. The number to call is 510-455-8851. We may use your voice on the air. 510-455-8851. You can also contact us by email at roland at sheddingshackles.com. Leave your question or your comment at roland at sheddingshackles.com. Now I'd like to take a call. We have a call coming in from San Francisco. Let's listen to the call. Hi, this is Brian calling from San Francisco, and I'm wondering what type of meditation you would recommend. I know that many different kinds of meditations exist, so which one do you think is the best? And I'm asking, too, because I think your listeners would like hearing the answers. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you, Brian. Haven't heard from you for quite a while. It's good to hear from you. Yes, that is a good question. And it's very timely. It's absolutely perfectly timed because that's what today's topic is about. It's about meditation. And why we need to meditate so that we're not lost in our thoughts. And when we're lost in thoughts, we're subject to the thoughts. Just like when you're in a dream and you're subject to what's happening in the dream. But when you wake up, you're no longer subject to it. So if you're lost in thoughts, then what whispers to your mind? Odd things, naughty things, scary things. You uh, are not subject to it. If you stand back and just see that it's just a dream, it's just a thought. But when you're lost in thought, when you're lost in thought, then you're subject to it because you're not standing back and looking at it. It's like standing on the bank of a river and watching the river flow by or jumping into the river and floating away down the river. Do you see when you're floating away down the river, now you're subject to the river. But when you're standing on the bank watching it, you're not subject to it. It's that simple. So yeah, the meditation is very important. And obviously, you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that the little meditation that I have is the one you want to use. Why? Because it's simple. Nothing has been added. 
and it has a good purpose, which is to restore you to your own center of dignity, to restore you back to reason and calmness, and to give you back, and to give you back to a calm perspective where you can observe things without getting upset by them. And then, in that frame of mind, or in that state of mind, that is where you have power. That's where power lies. And yes, it's a magical power, because it's God's magic. That's what he wanted was for you to be awake and aware and standing in his light, and his light shines upon things, even the strange things and the weird things and the scary things. His light shines upon them, and you see them for what they are, just thoughts. That's all they are, empty, useless thoughts, and you're no longer affected by them. And so my meditation is just perfect for that. And what? And the other good thing about my meditation, it's free. It's 100% free. The simple version is free. You can go to SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us and click on the little slideshow image up at the top and you'll have the free meditation, the free simple meditation. Then if you scroll down and click on the icon that says meditation, you can actually download the beautiful four-part more advanced meditation. It's very beautiful. It's exquisitely beautiful and it's free. So I kind of suspect Brian already knew the answer. He knew that I'm going to say my meditation is the one to use. But I like the question. Thanks, Brian. We're talking today about obsessions and compulsions. And I said that there's a trickster that plays with your mind. And it or he is able to operate when you're when you make something too important for example when you want something too much for example the trickster makes his approach and he tries to confound you and confuse you and trick you that's what he does. That's why he's a trickster. But what you have to understand is that it's all smoke and mirrors. There's nothing there, and he's a coward at heart. Show a little bit of light, and he runs. The only thing that he can do is trick you, and then when you react, when you respond, when you get upset, when you get angry, when you get excited, then he takes some of your energy. And he uses that energy for himself and also to feed that behavior which he implanted in you. Now, this is all a bit deep. I don't want it to get deep. I want to keep it simple. You leave your house and a voice in your mind says, you forgot to lock the door. You go back and the door is locked. And then you leave, and when you've driven about five minutes away from home, the voice is there again. Did you really lock the door? Maybe it's not locked. You see what I mean? It wants to cast doubt into you just as it did 
into Eve in the Garden of Eden. It's up to the same old trick. And it likes to fool you. And it will take advantage of uh, whatever it is that you happen to care about a lot. It'll take advantage of that. So if you're a little child, and yes, this trickster does play tricks on little, little children too. If you're a little child, then the trickster will say, if you don't tap your toe seven times and pull on your ear four times, then something terrible is going to happen to your mother. It'll say something like that. And there's a strong pressure to want to do that because you don't want anything to bad to happen to your mother. And the trickster also takes advantage of the fact that maybe you're angry at your mom. Maybe your mom just got mad at you for having your room all messy, and now you're mad at your mom. And when you're mad at your mom, then the trickster takes advantage of that, see, and then says, says something terrible will happen to you if you don't pull on your ear three times. And because you feel guilty, because you were mad at your mom, why, you go ahead and start doing it. Do you see what I mean? So what I want you to see is that this trickster is always operating. And... Uh, takes advantage of our, weak, our lack of faith and our lack of love. Now, he also takes advantage of the fact that you haven't been taught properly about how to remain objective, how to stand back from your thoughts. See, it's one thing to have a thought and observe the thought, and it's another thing to be lost in thought. The example I always give and this is a good one, so you can understand. It's like, let's say you're in a movie theater and you're watching a movie. You can get so caught up in the movie, so lost in the movie, that you totally identify with a character in the movie. Why, that's when the pickpocket can come along and, and take your iPhone, or pick your pocket, or grab your purse, because you're not aware. You're, you're, instead of being in reality, you're lost in the movie. Do you understand? So the right way to watch a movie is to be sitting in the chair and watching the movie lightly. Watching the movie lightly, and yes, you're following the movie, but at the same time, you're a bit aware of what's going on around you. You know what I mean? Like a good parent. Have you ever seen, a, let's say, a good grandma is in the room and her little grandchildren are playing. Well, Grandma, maybe she does a little this, and she does a little that. But she's always aware of the children and kind of watching them. And she can still do some reading, or she can still make something, or clean something, or do whatever she wants to do. But she's always aware of the children. Do you understand that? She doesn't lose that awareness. That's a good Grandma. She always has a sentry-level awareness. So that's what you need to cultivate, that sentry-level awareness. And nowhere is that more important than when you're just about ready to get lost in thought. Or when you do get lost in thought, suddenly you're drifting away with thought, and then you notice it. You notice that you're lost in thought, and then you pull back. Now you're back in the moment again watching thought instead of being involved in it. So now can you see that if the trickster comes along with all kinds of doubts and torments and things, and you're just watching thought, then you say, oh, you see it, but it just passes by. Keep a little mental distance and go about your business. And then it comes back again. Just notice it. 
and then it comes back again. And just, just notice it lightly and go about your business. And eventually it'll go away. You understand? And so this, this principle of standing back applies to everything. You've probably been, some people are deeply involved in smoking, cigarettes, for example. But then if you could stand back from the cigarette and just, just notice the cigarette and notice the smoke, and all of a sudden, it's like, yuck, what do I need this for? You see what I mean? So you need to have that perspective with everything. And nowhere is that more important than when it comes to your own two thoughts. I was going to say your own thoughts. No, nowhere is it more important than when it comes to your imagination and, and what's down there in your mind. See, your mind is your subconscious like a no man's land. And things come and go and flit flit around, flit in and flit out, and you have to learn not to get involved with them and fall for them and fear them and be troubled by them and use them. Just notice them and let them flit away. And then you'll be gradually, you will learn how to, to stay outside of thought. And then you're in the present. And not only are you in the present, but you have something very special. You have the inner light from your Creator. I want to add a little spiritual touch here. You have the inner light from your Creator that shines upon things. And when you stand back and see the thought as just a thought, then the light shines upon it. And you know what? It doesn't like the light. It doesn't like to be observed. And it'll flit away. So now you know the secret, and now you know why I'm always talking about the meditation. That's why I'm always talking about the meditation. It's so important. It's so very important because it's so simple, and you can practice it in the morning a little bit, at noon, in the evening. It teaches you how to stand back. Not only stand back, but observe things in the inner light. And not only that but share some of that inner light with your body. And then you will be whole, composed, centered, calmer. You'll be a better mom, a better dad, better grandma, a better son or daughter, a better partner, a better worker, a better patient, a better everything. Because you won't be lost in thought and lost in all of those in all of that turmoil of thought. Where does it come from? Who knows? Just learn to stand back from it. Now, I want you to go to my website and get the meditation. Give it a try. It's free. It's free. And my website is SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you.